Hi, and welcome to the podcast, Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking discussion about everyday dilemmas. I'm your host, Marna Ashburn, here with wife, mother, and attorney, Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman. Hey, Marna. Hi, Mike. And Mike Derrick, a retired Army officer and combat vet. Good morning, Marna. Good morning, Kelly. Hello to both of you. Our goal here is to offer you insights and perspectives on sticky situations that will help you scrutinize your choices and exercise your own ethical muscles. On today's show, we're going to talk about responsible pet ownership and what to do if someone in your circle is not practicing it. Let's get started with our first dilemma. This is one I've seen a lot, especially when I've lived in urban areas. While walking her dog, a neighbor lets her dog poop in common areas, flower beds, medians, wherever, other people's yards, and never cleans it up. You've even witnessed her walk away from a pile of dog waste. What do you do? Kelly, let's start with you. Wow. Well, it sounds like you have a very rude neighbor, um, irresponsible. Uh, what she's doing is generally not legal in, in most localities. Uh, additionally, it's harmful and unsanitary uh, because actually, you know, dog defecation, there are parasites, bacteria, and disease can be spread to humans and other animals. Um, so this is really a tricky situation. We've talked before about neighbors and trying to communicate with neighbors, yet also preserving the relationship. Uh, I think you have to communicate with this person. I think we need to act consistent with our values uh, and try to talk with the person uh, politely uh, and let them know, you know, I would appreciate it if you could please, you know, pick up your dog poop um, so that nobody else steps in it um, and, you know, treat others as you would like to be treated. Uh, that that's kind of where I would start, uh, assuming that the neighbor is the type of person that would be receptive to this. If the neighbor, you know, seems unstable or aggressive, I might handle it differently. Yeah, I'm I'm with Kelly on this one. Um, I'd take it one step further. Again, based on the circumstances, if you know, it's it's pretty common knowledge and it's pretty standard practice now to care to pick up after your animal. And, um, you know, I would first tell them that, hey, this is not, this is not good. It's not, uh, it's not helping anybody out. But then I'd also go so far as to, if it's a recurring problem, um, give them some of those dog poop pickup bags and say, hey, here's some, uh, you know, that uh, you should be using. And, uh, you know, you, you've, kind of shame them into it perhaps a little more aggressively, but you've also given them the means to, to get it done. And, um, you know, I, I think that the last resort has to be, you call somebody and, um, and then, you know, there are, there's some sort of authority that will take interest in that. And if it gets to be really bad, somebody can get a ticket. So those are my thoughts. I think you're exactly right, Mike. I looked at some local laws and, 
you know, most municipalities, whether it be a city, a borough, a town, a county, have statutes or ordinances that address this very situation, disposal of animal feces. Um, and most absolutely require that you carry the same away or the, the poop away for disposal. And they even dictate how it should be disposed of. So this really is unacceptable. Um, I even saw in one of my old neighborhoods before we had a dog, my husband and I were out walking and we walked past this home and the people had a sandwich bag filled with poop um, that had been taped to the mailbox with a large note on it. And it was clear that somebody else had picked this up, attributed it to this household and put it on their mailbox with a note instructing them to pick up their dog's poop. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess okay, that's, that's one a, way to handle it. That's a drastic step. Um, <laughs> I, I would encourage people to do it in a little more civil manner before it comes to that. Right, but I mean, it's not very civil to let your dog poop all over the <laughs> no, place. No, it's not. And, that, and maybe they felt they needed to do it anonymously because, you know, they may have tried before to communicate mm -hmm. with the neighbor. I wonder if it was effective. Yeah, I don't know. I never did see that bag again when I walked <laughs> past that house on the mailbox. <laughs> Poop in a sandwich bag is not a pretty sight. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. I mean, my husband and I were like, what is that? But it's better than on the sidewalk, you know? I mean, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's look at our options here. Right. You know, the thing I'd say, this we're on, we're on really thin ice here. I have seen so much passion and energy wrapped up in pets and um, so many people uh, just feel so strongly I mean we have the intersection of two things that people really care about here one is their pet and the other is their their lawn their property their their whatever you know their their interface with the rest of society and a lot of people spend a lot of time on their landscaping and their yards and I tell you you when when you combine the the passion behind pets and the passion behind yards and you have somebody who's irresponsible with their animal. Having lived in some very densely populated military neighborhoods, things can get explosive really fast. Yeah, that's for sure. And the times that I've run across this problem, I happen to be living in apartment complexes. And my neighbor came home from work uh, at lunch and after work, and she'd let her little dog out, I think it was like a Maltese, and I'd let it poop on the grassy area near our apartments and never clean it up. And one time I saw this happening and I said, hey, do you need a bag to clean that up? And she said, actually, I wasn't going to clean it up. And I said, well, I wish you would because my daughter, who was a toddler at the time, my daughter plays out here on this grass. And so she cleaned it up uh, reluctantly. But I think from then on, she, she always cleaned it up, at least in that area. We handled yeah. that with, without All right. much nice drama. Nice job, Marna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. It's not going to go anywhere. I mean, somebody's got to pick it up. It, yeah. It's not like it's going to evaporate or, you know, break down. It, it just takes forever, and it really is unhealthy. Yeah, and responsible pet ownership means you are always carrying a bag to clean up the waste and not relying on these pet waste stations with, that have bags. Sometimes they're out. And yeah. there are no bags. Mm -hmm. So I, I never leave the house when I'm walking the dog without attaching a bag to the leash to clean it up. Back with more Dilemmas right after the break.
Welcome back to Ethics and Etiquette. Here's our second dilemma. A dog barks all day in the backyard while its owners are at work. This is one of your neighbors. What do you do? Mike, what would you do? Well, you know, I think we go back to something that comes up so often in this podcast, and that is we make an effort to communicate with the pet owner in this case. Um, You say, hey, listen, this is wrong on a couple counts. One is, you know, it's bothersome to those of us who live around you. And secondly, it's tough on the dog, you know. A dog barking all day, that's a very exhausting thing for an animal. Something is not quite right if that's the case. And uh, it always breaks my heart when I see an animal that isn't cared for, that isn't exercised, that isn't loved, you know, that isn't given the attention that, you know, the animal deserves. And I, I think I just kind of expand the aperture here a little bit and say to folks that you know if you're gonna if you're gonna get an animal you have to plan for the care of that animal through the entire lifespan we've all seen and heard and perhaps lived ourselves the 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 phenomenon of seeing the cute little puppy or the cute little kitten that then turns into you know the 85 pound animal I mean you gotta you gotta know it's coming and it's a significant commitment on the part of a person to care for an animal properly and so I just it breaks my heart when I see an animal that is in this case you know confined in such a way that it feels it needs to bark all day and then you know I think you gotta you gotta take some matters into your own hands for the sake of the animal and the sake of the peace of the neighborhood. Boy it is heartbreaking to see an animal not being taken care of well. Kelly what is your legal perspective on this? Well, I mean, I think it is not legal under most local statutes or ordinances. You know, I took a look um, in Pennsylvania at various localities, in California at various localities, and most have some kind of a noise disturbance ordinance, um, which speaks to, you know, possessing, harboring an animal which makes any noise continuously and or incessantly. And it even some even talk about time frames for a period of 10 minutes or make such noise intermittently for a half an hour or more to the disturbance of any person, etc. So, you know, I think it's a finable offense, but I think Mike really and you really identified the true concern, which is for the health and safety of the animal. You could certainly contact the authorities, and I believe it would just be the local police because they're the ones that are going to be enforcing um, local laws. Um, and they could go by the house and speak to the pet owner, homeowner, um, and give them some instructions, and hopefully that would help educate them. Uh, Another step you could take would be to contact the SPCA, the Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Um, They do um, animal protective services work, and you can report to them. Um, suspected cruelty, neglect, and abuse, and they will investigate it. So that might be a helpful route because they also could help inform and educate the pet owner. This is a difficult situation because it really comes down to the fact that it doesn't appear that the pet owner is responsible and caring properly for the dog. Yeah, and there's also the fact that maybe they don't know the dog is barking all day if they're away at work. They don't know. So as you often say, it's just a matter of educating them. I, again, I'm going to say, if you have a kind of relationship with a neighbor where you can do this, call or go over there and say, 
I don't know if you know this, but your dog barks all day while you're gone. And I don't think it's very happy. Can you do something about it? And say it in a very civil, calm manner, not confrontational, not angry, and see if if they can resolve it. It might be a matter of bringing a dog walker in, you know, at noon or whatever. Um, I've, I've had to do that in my life before. The owners were actually at home, and the dog had been barking all afternoon. And I finally called over there and said, I don't know if you know this, but your dog's been barking. Sometimes your own pet's barking can just become white noise to you, and you don't hear it. And I think that was the case with this woman when I said, your, your dog's been barking for about an hour. Is something wrong? And she said, oh, when that happens, he's usually caught up in his tie or whatever. So she went right out and fixed it, and that was the end of the situation. So we managed, we managed it at a very simple level. Depending on the neighbor, you might be yeah. able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think you're being very kind, Marna. <laughs> <laughs> you're really giving folks the benefit of the doubt, which is, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. But in most situations, these folks probably trying to communicate with them is not going to help. People are not stupid. They got to know leaving a dog out all day in various weather conditions. I mean, it's just not the right thing to do. I would... This is akin to the situation um, or the dilemma with the family that left the four kids at home with the pool. Yes. Uh, you know, without yes. any sitter or child care. Actually, this is the same neighbor. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. They provide a lot of scenarios. <laughs> For, <laughs> former neighbor, I should say. Former neighbor. Are we surprised, Mike? No. Unbelievable. I mean, never a dull moment with Marna's neighbors. <laughs> I know. Right. What kind of neighborhood do you live in, Marna? <laughs> One with plenty of drama. However, I do have a friend who whose neighbors had two German shepherds that barked all day long while the owners were at work. And instead of doing what we've all suggested, communication, somebody took it into their own hands to give the dogs antifreeze and killed both of them. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty horrible. Let's not do that. Yeah, Let's have the uncomfortable confrontation. You know, I mean, that brings in another element, though, here. We haven't discussed this yet, but what kind of dog are we talking about? If you are discussing, you mentioned earlier, Marna, a Maltese. Well, okay, Maltese, you know, they fall into a certain category. But, I mean, if we're talking about a, a Rottweiler or a Doberman or a German Shepherd, all of a sudden things change a little bit. We have been in neighborhoods where very large, potentially aggressive dogs have been on a chain in a neighborhood, and, you know, the chain seemed to work. But it is very intimidating, especially for small children, when a big dog runs at them and then snaps at the end of its chain. And uh, Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's scary it, to adults. It's, it's yeah, scary to everybody. And I've been in situations where that's the case. Uh, I live in a very rural area. And, you know, you're just hoping that the chain holds. I don't, maybe we don't know all the, the specifics on your story of the German shepherds and the uh, antifreeze. But sometimes people can really look at that and say, hey, you know, my health is in danger. We, we had a, an incident in our town where uh, a very elderly woman was walking to her mailbox and she got out to her mailbox and from a nearby house a dog got loose ran out to her at the mailbox and attacked her and mauled her 
Oh and, my gosh! Yeah, that's it horrible. Caused, it caused. I mean, the dog dog got loose for whatever reason, but it was a big, aggressive, dangerous dog, and it put the whole town on edge. So we right now are very, very aware of of these sorts of things, and it's been a it's a tragedy in that this woman was was be- very badly injured. She survived, but she was in uh, she was in the hospital for quite a while. But it's it's really served as an educational uh, event for everybody in the town. Like, what are the rules? What do you need to do? You know, what does it mean to have a dog properly, properly cared for, properly controlled? So right, yeah, yeah. And speaking of what are the rules in some communities, it's illegal to tie up your dog outside. They either have to be on a leash with you, or in the backyard, in the fenced backyard, or right. inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just I think though if dogs are in the backyard or tied up in the backyard, no matter what kind of dog they are, there's absolutely no excuse to harm an animal or to kill a dog. That's that's just wrong unless yeah. It's pretty you barbaric. Are, yeah, I mean to to feed these German shepherds antifreeze because they're barking. I mean, that's ridiculous, and it's against the law. I mean, that's a, that's a felony. That's a right. serious offense because most states, you know, have a dog law act, which covers a number of things, including, you know, harming animals or killing animals. The only excuse to kill an animal in most jurisdictions is when you fear for your life or another's life. You know, the situation really Mike's describing where, you know, this woman's being attacked or is about to be attacked. But I just don't think there, there's any excuse for that action towards those German shepherds. No, that's really awful. Even an anonymous note in the mailbox would have been a good step there. Yeah, yeah. yeah or, or you call you call the authorities because it is, you know, 99% of the time going to be in violation of, of a local law or ordinance. Or you call the SPCA. I think it's pretty clear what to do here. We'll be right back with another dilemma right after this break. And we're back to ethics and etiquette with the third dilemma relating to responsible pet ownership. Owners let a dog run loose around the neighborhood all the time. What do you do? I'm going to go first on this one because this used to happen in my neighborhood. Occasionally my dog would get loose and um, I'd go traipsing around the neighborhood chasing her. And my neighbor was one of the ones who would get the maddest at me when this happened. And then she got a dog and this dog was always out in the neighborhood. And I called her once and I said, hey, I just saw your dog out wandering around. And she said, oh, no, he can't get out. He's in the backyard. Well, he wasn't in the backyard. And I think I called her once again when it happened. This happened all the time. And I texted her. Nothing worked. She was, I think she was in denial about the dog being out. Finally, I just started calling the um I don't know what they're called these days. The dog catcher? <laughs> animal, um, animal welfare? Animal control w- officer. Animal, animal control officer. And I wasn't the only one because other people were calling the animal control officer as well. I moved from the neighborhood before the problem was ever resolved. But it, it got to the point where we had to get animal control involved. Because uh, hearkening back to the first dilemma, when a dog is out... He's pooping wherever he wants to poop, so there's going to be a lot of dog poop not being cleaned up. And I don't think this dog was dangerous, but 
some of those other dog breeds that you mentioned might have been dangerous to children and other people. So that's what we did. I started with just phone calls to her and texts because we had that kind of relationship, but I got nowhere with that, so we had to call animal control. Yeah, I think you're right on the mark, um, Marna. I mean, we had a similar situation not too long ago. We had a dog. um, I knew where the dog came from, and it was in our yard, and it stayed there for an hour, an hour and a half, and it, it just hung around the yard, and whenever we came out, it began to bark very aggressively. Fairly small dog, not a not a big scary dog, but one that you still want to take pretty seriously. So I wouldn't let my dogs out, and um, I didn't have contact information for the neighbors. And whenever I went outside, this dog would come up to me and bark. So anyhow, I called the animal control officer in our very sensitized town right now uh, on matters involving pets, and he quickly came up. And he took charge of the situation. He was very, very helpful. He said, okay, this time they get a ticket and they get a warning. And next time I call the animal animal shelter. And the animal shelter around here is actually the folks that come and pick up an animal if they have to. If they have to rescue an animal is what they call it. A lot of help out there if you need it. And there's a pet that just is, is not being taken care of. Yeah. Kelly, what do you say? Yeah, I agree with both of you. First of all, I think it's unlawful. Again, under most statutes, um, usually there's a statute called running at large (laughs) that speaks to it being illegal for a person to allow a household pet or other animal to run at large without being restrained. Uh, And that's the situation you have here. Additionally, uh, as a responsible pet owner, you're putting your dog at risk. Our dog is part of our family. I love our dog. And if she got out... We live near a busy road. I mean, the dog could be hit by a car or injured in some other way, um, and that would just be tragic. Yeah, Um, that's true. And also, there's liability. I mean, I'm responsible for that dog. If she jumps on somebody, even playfully, or she nips, uh, she bites, significant liability, civil, and potentially criminal got to keep your dogs under control. And on the other hand, I mean, I do understand there are really responsible folks who have electronic fences and the dog gets out and that kind of thing happens. And Or sometimes the dog runs out the front door. Mistakes happen. But usually in those situations, the person's right out there getting the dog and taking care of it. What you're describing is a different scenario. Yeah. Well, there is a lot more to this topic than I ever realized having talked to you both about it. Anything anybody wants to add on this before we close? Yeah, I just throw one thing in, and this is this is very personal. You know, we have two dogs, and we've had them for 10, 12 years now. One's a dog we bought from a breeder, and the other's a shelter rescue I found when I was on a, an assignment down to uh, El Paso, Texas. And so they've been members of our family, and they've been raised with our kids. And in some ways, I think they raised the kids better than we did. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're both very elderly right now. So what's striking to me is where, you know, these were both strong athletic dogs that could run all day. And, you know, a one-mile walk right now, we try to walk every morning, is is about all they can handle. And so we're at a point where all they want to do is be close to us. They don't run off anymore. And it's it's really a it's really a change and it's very heartwarming. I don't know if anybody has seen the movie uh Racing in the Rain 
But if you are a dog no, lover... I read the book. Okay, well, if you are a dog lover, or you like uh, auto racing, or you are a dog lover and you you know, are mildly interested in dog racing, or, pardon me, auto racing, uh, not dog racing, by the way, go watch this, <laughs> go watch this movie and, and bring a box of tissues. It shows you the lifespan of a dog. And, you know, we're sort of at the end of our our dog years now, unfortunately. It's just very poignant to be able to care for a dog at the end of its life. So anyhow, just thought I'd throw that in there. They bring so much love to a family, don't they? They do. There is yeah, nothing really like do. the love of a dog. That unconditional, always consistent love of a dog is is something, I don't know, I don't, I don't know of another quantity in life that uh, is, is the same. Yeah, they're just completely loyal dedicated they're just there for you and and they protect you and your family i want to be the person my dog thinks i am that's my goal in life that's my goal that's i mean if i could do that everything else would fall into place yeah i don't know if it's a modest goal or (laughs) unachievable i'm not sure mike i I think it's unachievable the way that the way that dog looks at me both of them (laughs) It inspires me every morning to be a better person when I walk out yeah. of my bedroom and there they are yeah. right on the floor outside the door. Oh, I know. Waiting. So loving, so yeah. forgiving, so happy to see yeah. you. They're watching yeah. well, me that's... do this podcast, in fact. They're right <laughs> my over dog's there. asleep on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a beautiful thought to end our discussion on. But don't go away. We'll be right back with some listener email. Welcome back to Ethics and Etiquette. Today I want to end with some listener email. By the way, that's great. Keep it up. Send us your thoughts and comments and questions. You can send us email at our website, www.ethicsandetiquette.com. There's also a phone number if you want to leave a voicemail. That number is 757-301-1327. And you can also find us on Instagram under the handle ethicsetiquette. All right, so this email from a reader, it says, this is about doing something that will hurt a few people, but is best for yourself and is better for your mental health. Our reader writes, I had to leave my old friend group because people were always mad at each other, and I was sick of it, and the group just wasn't working. So I got a new group of friends, and I'm so much happier now, but it made my old friends mad. Mike, do you want to take this on? Well, dear listener... Thank you for your question. You know, we always appreciate input from our listeners, so keep it coming. Listen, you know, the way I look at this, your first obligation is to yourself. And I think everyone has to, I'm not saying be selfish, but, you know, your first obligation for you to be right in this world and right in your relationships, you have to take care of yourself. And if you have a if you have a friend group which is, is bringing you down or making you less than you should be, you need to part company, at least with some of them. You know, friend groups are not these set units. Sometimes friend groups ebb and flow. So take care of yourself. Let go of those relationships that don't make you a better person. And uh, if that means uh, bending some people's noses out of shape, so be it. If you're not right with yourself, you don't feel good about yourself, um, you're not going to be the best friend you can be. You're not going to be the best person you can be. So that would be my advice. I think you're doing the right thing. Keep it up. And that's very good advice. 
Kelly, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I totally agree with Mike. Each of us is in charge of our own happiness, no one else. So good for our listener. You know, instead of remaining in a situation that wasn't working, um, he or she moved on and made a change. And I don't think they hurt anyone. They did what they needed to do. And emotionally intelligent people avoid getting drawn into negative situations. They set limits and they distance themselves from negative people or situations like that when it's necessary. And I think that's what he or she did. And last thing, as far as the old friends or friend group being upset, I think that's their issue or their problem. Yeah. She can't or he can't control it. I think we all need to focus on the positives and what is within our power. That's very well put. It's okay to outgrow some friends. We do it all the time. And as for the friends being mad, they'll get over it. That's all for this episode of Ethics and Etiquette. Thanks for listening. And please help us out by liking, sharing, subscribing, and leaving a review on Apple Podcast. For Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman and Mike Derrick, I'm Marna Ashburn, and this is Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. Please join us next week for an all-new episode. See you then.